0: Join us, friends.
1: Great Scott Spa Guy. Do they know what we have in store for them?
0: They will if they tighten up. And don't double dribble. To the
1: Grey Ghost Spa Guy?
0: Exactly, old chump. No time to waste. To the Grey Ghost. We have not a minute to spare. It's showtime, friends. All right, all right. It is the Spa Guy and it is Globe Trotting with Trey. And we are not wishing Cotton was a monkey, but we know that there are a lot of people that do. A lot. Sadly, there's a lot that do in the Elvis world and we're finding out that there's a lot that do in the Buford Pusser world as well in the story. We have a man, this is part two, if you haven't listened to part one, make sure you check it out, that has written a book and is actually writing a new book as well. Uh, And he has been studying the Buford Pusser story for years. Did he say about 15 years, Trey? Am I remembering that right? 15.
1: He's researched
0: and he has dug down into this to a point. Even the Tennessee Bureau of Investigation (TBI) has reached out to him to get some of the uh, information that he has rounded up through his studies. And um, that is fascinating that he has done so much work that they are maybe even considering reopening the case and figuring out what happened in some of the some of this. His what? Facebook page is Buford Pusser, The Other Story. Make sure you go check that out. And his book on Amazon is of the same name, right, Trey? Oh, same name, Buford Pusser, yeah. The Other Story. And Mike Elam is his uh, yeah. name. And let's bring Mike in real quick. And I'm going to ask him, so, Mike, are you kin to Jack Elam? <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, he's better looking
0: than me. Ray, do you know who Jack Elam is? No, yeah, he was
1: in James Garner movies. He yeah, was He was in a lot of He, he was, was in um, Support Your Local uh, Sheriff.
0: Smokey and the Bandit.
1: And so, okay, yes. No,
0: no, no, that's no, not no, 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 Run. Cannonball Run. Cannonball Run. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank hey, you, uh,
1: Mike. Uh, Mike, on your Facebook page, which I just showed him right there, that that's how I know you, Mike, because I, I joined your page about a year ago. But I like your headline. It says, Hollywood gave us a legend in Buford Pusser. This is the other story as
0: related through photos
1: and the FBI. That's pretty cool headline
0: right there, Mike. And so basically what Mike is saying is he does not wish Cotton was a monkey. He wants to get to the bottom of the story and know what really, really, really happened. And that's what this whole podcast thing that Trey and I are trying to do is all about. And what we do in our videos and uh, Trey has started covering the Buf- Buford Pusser subject a little bit. I've done just a t- tiny bit of it, but you have dedicated a lot of your life to this and yes. with a lot of results from this. So tell us about uh, that.
2: Well, quite a, quite a few things I've learned. I, I was like everybody else. I was a Pusser fan uh, when the movies came out, so much so I wanted to learn more about his actual life I was in law enforcement at the time myself and, uh, you know, started looking around. And like I said in the previous segment, uh, with the use of Al Gore's amazing Internet, uh, you know, I was able to make contact and find a lot of people, uh, people that live their own part of that story. And uh, what I learned was it doesn't match up with what Buford told
1: so, Mike, on part one, you know, we left off on, on I believe it was New Hope Road. Um, and yeah. if you go and drive down New Hope Road today, there's two different markers. There's a marker at the bridge, and then there's a marker down the road where you told that that's really through what they found there uh, on the second marker, uh, where the, uh, the girls, uh, the, the wives, I guess, scalp and stuff was actually at. So my question to you is, the, the, the guy on the motorcycle went to that first crime scene uh, at the bridge. So right. who told the cops that that was the crime scene? Was it Buford uh, Pusser? I mean, how did the cops say that that was a crime scene when up the road there was
2: probably the real crime scene? I have no idea really how that they established that. What I can tell you is that Constable R.C. Matlock was there had his car parked across the road to block passage, uh, supposedly to protect the crime scene. Uh, He had found a couple of shell casings and some uh, broken glass on uh, this bridge. And, you know, of course that's where Buford said that uh, the car pulled up alongside him, turned on his headlights, fired a couple of shots. They found a couple of shell casings, uh, but they were of different calibers and they were very weathered, like that they had laid out there for a while. And it may have been uh, nothing more than somebody shooting snapping turtles, whatever, down in that uh, little creek from the bridge. There is a creek. But, uh, at any rate, that's where that they uh, somehow assumed that the first ambush uh, took place.
0: Did either one of those shell casings match the, the carbine? No. Okay. So they, so the other place was actually the crime scene or at least uh, that, part of that was the major was moving crime scene. That's the other thing. Depending yeah, you on had, the story you believe.
2: Yeah. Yeah, and you got to keep in mind there were several crime scenes. I mean, uh, the bridge was one there, the, the first one. Uh, Davis Chancy Road and New Hope Road, the intersection where all the shell casings were actually found was one. And then uh, the location where Buford finally stopped in Eastview uh, was yet another crime scene.
0: And you I don't know, that's think the car on, and all
2: the information was.
0: I don't think we touched on this in the first one. I think we talked about this after between. But you mentioned the two holes in the B pillar on Buford's car, which means the the pillar that would be beside his head to make it appear either somebody really did try to shoot him or they did it to try to make it appear that they shot him but they were a terrible shot if they Mm -hmm. shot all those different times and only hit him one time, but hit the B pillar twice. And the second thing would be that, um, uh, the blood spatter that you mentioned would be more conducive to his wife actually being out of the car when she was shot, maybe the first time placed in the car. And then another shot that gave you the blood spatter around her head on the headrest. Is that reasonable?
2: That's very reasonable i'm I'm you know I'm personally not totally satisfied that uh, that particular location was where she was killed. Uh, I think that that was certainly a location where it could have happened, but uh, I feel like that is a staged uh, scene that they tried to make it appear.
0: So uh, would you be un- under the uh, the thought that maybe that, and when you say saying stage, he killed her and then had someone he said, hey, I need you to come after me and make it look like you shut the car up and and make sure you shoot her wherever we're at in the car. But she was already shot. Is that reasonable?
2: Well, I'm thinking more to the term that uh, uh, she could have been killed right there. She could have been killed somewhere else. But that's where they chose to make a crime scene and that. Uh, he could have got out, shot up the car, uh, and then the uh, wound to his chin was self-inflicted, possibly. Or I've never eliminated the possibility that he had an accomplice that uh, was there to help him and, uh, you know, was involved. Whether or even it, a
0: ricochet, you know, hit him in the chin. He didn't mean to shoot himself.
2: I think that uh, he felt like that he had to uh do that to make it appear that he was the target that's a, chancey, that's a chancey choice <laughs> well when you consider this um shortly prior to that pauline found buford at the 45 grill that uh, junior and shirley smith operated uh two ladies uh well one of them being shirley and another being Barbara Bivens uh, were outside when Pauline pulled up and uh, confronted Buford about womanizing. And they had a big argument out there, uh, not realizing that it was being overheard by two ladies. And uh, Pauline told him that uh, she was going to report his corruption uh, and take the kids and leave. And I think that the reason that uh, she wanted to report his uh, corruption was uh, possibly to get him put away uh, because with him being sheriff, if they got a divorce, it could be quite contentious. And um, DeWanna was their only biological child together, and she felt like that would be her best chance uh, to ensure that she got Dewana in any divorce uh is if Buford was had this cloud of corruption hanging around him
0: and it's sad that there is uh and I'm not saying all law enforcement but there is a uh that uh being abusive to your spouse appears to be a thing that that happens in some law enforcement
2: oh yeah you know you've got to look back and realize that um uh, This was another time, Uh, standards weren't what they are today. Even with today, you still see some abuse, but I I think for the most part, uh, police officers do a great job. Yeah, I agree. Back then, uh, you know, the sheriff, for instance, uh, he only had two full-time deputies. Uh, His salary was low and he had to provide his own vehicle at first, And feed the prisoners out of his salary. Hmm. So, you know, uh, you can kind of understand, if you will, why that he would accept payoffs. Uh, I know other sheriffs did, but I think he took it to a whole new level. And uh, He he uh, took it to rock star status, didn't he? Oh, (laughs) man.
0: And, and having to pay them out of your salary, having to feed
2: them, you
0: wouldn't want many prisoners.
2: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think the jail would hold 22. Uh, I don't know how crowded it, uh, it stayed. Uh, but again, you know, uh, it doesn't matter if you're taking payoffs, you're getting a lot of money.
1: Is his jail still
2: there? It is. Yeah. As a matter of fact, uh, you know, it has been open to the public. You can go up, uh, walk through it. Uh, it's it's trust me, it's it's like a walk back in time.
0: And there's pictures uh, of new facilities him there. aren't
2: anything there's like pic- the uh, old facility.
0: There's pictures of him there with the Corvette outside the building. Yes. Yes. And uh, also and the funeral goes by that building as well. If I remember right, I remember pictures. Where you can see that same building as the funeral procession goes by
2: well now uh, we may be talking about two different things because uh the funeral was actually shot in another county
0: i'm talking about the real funeral
2: oh uh i think that was in adamsville
0: okay but there's a building Uh, that i remember seeing in a photo uh, and I'd have to go back and look, but there was something that stuck out to me that it was a building that I saw him in a photo with that I saw him in the the funeral procession at the same time. Not a, not the mm-hmm. movie, the the real thing. But right. anyway, that's a complete aside. Don't let me uh, um, not track you there,
1: uh, Mike. The other day you told me let's let's go back to that early morning uh, when the New Hope Road killing happened. Happens. All right. You, you, you talked to the, to the girl's daughter, right? And she gave you what she remembered from that morning and actually saw Buford carry her mama to the car. Yes. Now, that was interesting uh, when you told me that.
2: Well, D- Diane was a teenager. Uh, Buford thought that she was rebellious, uh, so on and so forth. You didn't see her part in the movie at all. But in the uh,
0: just by a boy Leif Garrett, right? Y-
2: yes, mm-hmm. um, you know, Buford had uh, actually had three stepchildren. Uh, there was Mike, there was Diane, uh, Pauline had another daughter, uh, by Pete Vance, and uh, she was born both physically and mentally uh, challenged because uh, they believed that that occurred from abuse that Pauline suffered under her first husband. Mm. And uh, she couldn't take care of uh, Karen. So she gave her up to, uh, for adoption to two of her uh, relatives back in her hometown. And so you have Diane and Karen that are never mentioned in the movie. Uh,
0: and a boy interjected there. They wasn't there because they tried to make it, they tried to paint it where he had this perfect family. Sure, and all that kind of stuff—a perfect house, little lake, all that kind of stuff—and that's just not not
2: factual at all, like the no. Elvis movie. <laughs> uh, but Diane, that uh, that morning, now you got to keep in mind that uh, you know, LeBon Plunk had taken Pauline home that night, and that uh, she was waiting for Pauline to. Get a few things, get the kids. She was going to uh, drive down and pick her up. She wouldn't even go in the home because she was afraid Buford might come home. Sure enough, he did. He passed her right by her, pulled in at the house, went in a little bit later. You know, you, uh, she heard a shot. She didn't know what to do. She couldn't call the uh, sheriff's office because Buford's dad was the uh, nighttime jailer and uh, dispatcher. So if she'd called the sheriff's office, she was going to be talking to him. She couldn't call her husband, uh, Petey, because she knew that he would cover for Buford and she didn't want him to get in trouble. So she's at kind of a quandary about who could she call that she could trust. Well, about that same time, she she left about that same time. Diane uh, was there. She'd come home from Memphis and. Uh, Pauline had called her the day before. Uh, She was staying with Buford's sister, Galia. And uh, because there was so much conflict between uh, Diane and Buford, and she didn't want to be around Buford. Well, Pauline had called her and said, you need to come home. Buford and I are having problems. And so she does. So she happens to be at the house that night. Uh, She didn't say what woke her but obviously something did uh she hears a commotion out in the living room she's afraid to go out there because she's afraid of Buford uh she hears the front door open and close she goes over to a window says she looks out uh and sees Buford uh half dragging half carrying Pauline to the car puts her in the passenger's side and uh turns around, walks back toward the house. And Diane first thought he's coming back to do harm to the rest of us. And he stops, bends down, picks up Pauline's shoes that had fallen from her feet, takes those over, puts them in the floorboard by uh, Pauline and uh, gets in the car and drives off. That was the last that Diane saw of her mom.
0: And that was depicted in the movie, him carrying her to the car from my memory. It wasn't it something where he was doing something like, uh, you know, he was, she was asleep or something. He was going to carry her and put her in the car. Am I remembering that right?
2: No, I don't, I don't think so. Uh, in the movie, it showed, you know, at the uh, second ambush side, he gets out and, uh, you know, he's holding her. Uh, I remember him it.
0: holding her or taking her or something. It's been a while since I've seen the movie, but yeah. I have a have a recollection of that. So it could have been possible that he, harmed her, knocked her out or something, and then put her in the well, car and decide how he was going to handle it from there.
2: One of the things that uh, I learned several years ago, uh, and more just recently, is that uh, Carl Pusser was at the jail that night. He calls Warden Moore, the county coroner, and tells him you've got to get to Buford and Paul Lane's. Uh, they're in, the, in a fight and they're going to kill each other. Well, the coroner, of course, has the power to arrest the sheriff. So he gets in his car, heads to uh, Adamsville. But by the time he gets there, Buford and Pauline are gone. But he said while he was in the house, he saw droplets of blood on the living room carpet. Not not spatter, but just droplets. You know, that could have come from a busted lip or, you know, a cut. But uh, it's totally unlike blood spatter.
0: Did they process uh, that as a crime scene at all?
2: They never looked at it, as far as I know, as a crime scene.
0: Unbelievable. See, those are details. That's, that is weird, wild stuff right there. Sure. So he harmed her in all likelihood, knocked her out or something, and, and then set out to, to finish the job at a different place.
2: That's the way it appears.
0: Yeah. Wow. But they make it look like the hero's poor wife was taken from him in the movie.
2: Right. It's, uh,
0: I I wanted you to hear that totally reverse all day long right
2: there.
1: I wanted you to hear that part because like, why was he carrying her to the car that morning?
0: Unbelievable.
1: That, you know, that's a good Uh, question. Diane
2: would tell several friends that, uh, only people that were close to her. And, uh, of course at the time that she was telling this story, she had no idea that it was going to be made into a movie or anything like that. Uh, you know, like others, uh, she alleges that, uh, he had abused her. So, you know, you've got, uh, all that, uh, straight
0: evil is what it sounds like he was. Yes. Just running wild there. And he was, the, I mean, could you imagine Trey being in a situation where you cannot call the police because it's them that yeah, doing it? I can't happened. even imagine that.
1: I can't imagine that either. Yeah. And it's, a, and it's like that, you know, I guess that small Tennessee town, you know? Yeah. yeah. Oh,
2: yeah. Well, you know, Adamsville, for instance, uh, they were so proud of Buford. You know, he was the hometown boy. He had uh, run for sheriff and uh, won uh, by something like, uh, I think it was 288 votes. Uh, of course, in the movie, it showed how that they, uh, the sheriff – was killed uh, in a car accident while he was trying to run Buford down. Uh, there was a sheriff that was killed, but it wasn't the way that the movie showed. Uh, that eliminated uh, him as being able to uh, be reelected, of course. He got 307 votes regardless, even though he was dead uh yeah and that's where the he
0: ran off the road by the bridge or something right. of that nature in the movie
2: uh in all reality he was about to be indicted for uh participation in uh, moonshining and uh was with what was going on at the state line he was being paid down there as well
0: so buford just uh, picked that up where he left off Now, another little tidbit, and and, uh, correct me if I'm wrong about this, I think uh, Buford did not get reelected the next time. When the movie came out, he was not the sheriff.
2: Well, he served three terms. Uh, Tennessee had a law at the time. You could serve three terms, and then you had to sit out. Term limits would apply after six years. And then the movie was being made. He alleged that the reason he lost is because he was spending so much time on the— movie and not enough time campaigning, but, uh, Coleman, uh, Clifford Coleman was his opponent in the, uh, election, uh, in 72. And, uh, he came out with a a clever little slogan there at the last saying, if your son or daughter were to be arrested tonight, who would you want to do it? Me or Buford Pusser.
0: Wow. That's very telling right there. Wow. And then
2: the vote went to Coleman.
0: Yeah. And uh that's that is, is really really wild stuff. And as uh we you and I and Trey talked about this off camera. A Memphis Mafia member, Red West, while in the employ of Elvis Presley, was in that movie. So he would have yeah. known Buford Pusser. Movie came out what '73? Yes. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, he was in Elvis's employ up until June of 1976. So uh, Elvis would have known Buford. So let's touch this real quick. Um, there's a story that Elvis would have come to Buford's funeral and come to the house, and Buford's daughter claims that Elvis came there, but there's no evidence to support that. What do you take? What do you think?
2: I have found nothing to support that. He had, he was on. Uh, Scheduled to do two shows in Las Vegas. Uh, You know, you would think that when he showed up, someone, somewhere, even a member of the family there would have got a photo of Elvis. Uh, They didn't.
0: That's a fact. And there would have been cameras around at that time because of all the things going on, no doubt about that.
1: And he played Vegas that day.
0: Yeah, he played two shows that he was doing two shows a day. I just did the timeline uh, based off of the, of the funeral, and there's no way that – I mean, he had, he owned an airplane, but there's no way he could have flown there, made an appearance there, and been back and done two shows. It just the, t- the time just doesn't work out. But they say it's, that it, when it would you have been go very to the difficult. museum. Yeah, when you and, go and to museum, the that museum – What's the point
2: in going and uh, sitting in the daughter's room? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, you make a trip like that, and then you don't go to the funeral, and you don't yeah. go –
0: yeah. And it's sad. She was, um uh, uh, and a lot of people attached to Elvis for his mystique, as opposed to, you know, it makes the story bigger. And, right. and I understand that, but, uh, that, that simply did not happen based off of the evidence. You know, there
2: at the old home, uh, motel in Adamsville, uh, Juanita Richardson would tell how that, uh, Elvis would come down and ride with Buford at night, so on and so forth. But, you know, a lot of people would say, well, you know, uh, there's stories that people just like to hear. Yeah. You know, uh, indicating whether they were true or not, they'd tell yeah. And I do so not believe,
0: knows? it's just taken up for Elvis in this, I don't believe that Elvis would have been a part of someone that was uh, doing things like he was doing, you know. Well,
2: well, you know, that that's another thing I run into on my Facebook page is, uh, for instance, people will say, well, Uh, you know uh, why is there nobody coming out and uh, saying these things other than just a few of you and it's kind of like well uh, because they'll claim claim that they knew Buford they were friends with Buford and you know I always have to ask well did he ever take you with him when he went to get payoffs did he ever take you with him when he was womanizing Uh, you know well, no. Well, then you weren't really close friends then. Uh, because so those um, are the sort of things that you'd have to be really close to be involved.
0: Absolutely. He, it had to be someone that he trusted 100 percent. So I'm going to uh, tell you a phrase that we use in the Elvis world. And it or uh, I have this I've coined this phrase. M.B. is what we call it. That you Munchausen is a person that that pretends that they're sick for attention or money munchausen by proxy is someone that pretends a family member or child is sick for attention or money munchausen by elvis is someone that pretends that they knew elvis better than they really did so you actually have mbb you got munchausen by buford (laughs) so mbb is what you're running into i I guess
2: so
0: (laughs) i was thinking the
1: same thing billy (laughs)
0: It is so crazy, the stuff that these people do. And you're actually getting death threats and people uh, doing all kinds of crazy stuff to you because you're pursuing the truth.
2: Yeah, makes no sense. I mean, uh, the truth is what it is. And I mean, the truth doesn't have an agenda.
0: It so- is the truth. I agree. And and I get the same thing. Trey and I get death threats. And people mad at us because we're trying to figure out what really happened, not what somebody wants to pretend happened. Yeah, we're oh, just no, I've had,
2: I've had uh, things happen like, uh, oh, one guy got on uh, a page and he was listing uh, where my wife was employed, uh, <laughs> phone numbers, our address, my sons, their families, my grandkids. And uh, he was a former police officer.
0: That's a good way for him to get in a bunch of trouble. I hope he did
2: uh well he had a badge on his uh, site that says retired and I talked to his uh, chief and he said no I should have said fired uh-huh. so <laughs> you know
0: aha uh-huh.
1: I like that because uh, yeah. you can't do that stuff you know yes
2: yeah. and but, I'm sorry uh,
0: we're getting away from the subject so Trey do you have uh another
1: yeah okay so in the movie uh in the movie Mike they depict uh Buford Pusser about getting killed in the plantation club yeah and uh, the Plantation Club, when I when I stood there at the Shamrock Motel, it was to the right of me, across the street, the old location of it. Did the that Mississippi happen- side? Did that happen, Mike?
2: No, I can't <laughs> find any evidence whatsoever. Uh, as a matter of fact, that's how I met Dennis Hathcock. Was uh, on a forum one night. Uh, Dennis, his dad, WO, ran that place. And I was on a gun forum one night and uh, they were talking about a little handgun that like Pauline used to carry. And whenever they said Pauline Pusser, the subject uh, changes to Buford. And I'm listening to all these guys as they're typing out what a great guy Buford was and so on. And I put out a message out there, said, well, you know, you guys need to learn the real story and so i told him a little bit of what i know and there were some that didn't like it there were some that made uh, further inquiries at any rate a little bit later i get a call and uh, this guy was asking me says uh where'd you get all your information about uh buford and i said well i have researched him for a while and after a while i asked him i said okay i would like to know who i'm speaking with and he said well my name is dennis hathcock and i knew instantly who he was because i'd ran across his name in a, uh, uh, newspaper where it told about his participation that night, uh, got a copy of it right here where it says, uh, Buford Pusser legend, a hoax. And it mentions, uh, Dennis in there as, uh, following him around that night. Well, as I got to interviewing, uh, uh, Dennis, you know, I looked for, uh, Police reports about that incident, about uh, uh, medical reports. You couldn't find anything. Newspaper items, none exist. Uh, look for witnesses. And th- there's absolutely nothing to support that story. And, you know, you assumed at that point that that was just one of those fantastic tales that Muford made up, kind of like the uh, story that he told of uh, watching... As Louise Hathcock, when he was in high school, he went down to the state line with some buddies and he said, uh, you know, he watched Louise Hathcock uh, beat this sailor to death with a ball peen hammer at the White Iris. Mm. Well, that would have been 1956. White Iris didn't open until something like 1962. Uh, I kept researching the story and I found a uh, sailor. actually a Naval aviator uh, who had been beaten at the uh, 45 club. So I called and I did a lot of work to trace, uh, track his family down and they live in uh, Pensacola, Florida. And I find out that uh, instead of the young aviator dying, like that uh, Buford said he did, he lived until November of 2012. Uh, served uh, in Vietnam. He was uh, both a helicopter pilot and a, uh, he flew A-4s, uh, little Skyhawks. And uh, when he got out of the uh, Navy and uh, the Marines, he opened a business in Pensacola. Uh, his name was uh, Kenneth Wayne McCoy. Uh, his family lived in uh, Walnut, which is real close to the state line, about 20 miles out. And, uh, you know, what really happened was it happened on the Mississippi side of the, uh, state line at the 45 club. And, uh, it was towhead white that he got into it with. They were going to take their fight off site about a quarter, half a mile away. Uh, and when McCoy was getting out of his vehicle, white was already out of his and, uh, the story goes that he hit McCoy in the back of the head, knocked him unconscious. Uh, He and his buddies uh, kicked and stomped McCoy for a little while. And then when uh, Toehead left, uh, they think he ran over McCoy's legs with his car. And they sent me a photograph of uh, their dad on crutches in Baptist uh, Hospital. So, you know, the story that Buford told about seeing Louise murder this person. She wasn't even involved. It was Toehead White and the guy didn't die. And he so had kids. another one of those legend builders. Yeah, he and, had kids. It, it,
0: MBB. And uh, so you, you mentioned that you're writing a book about Toehead, which was, tell everybody who Toehead was as opposed to Louise.
2: Okay, uh, he was born and uh, grew up over in the Delta area. His name was Carl Douglas White. Uh, he came to the state line with Junior Smith, who was from Tutwiler over in the Delta area. And they went in, uh, got jobs from Jack Hathcock at the 45 Club. Uh, the story goes that uh, when Jack asked them what uh, they were qualified to do, now keep in mind uh, they were teenagers. Uh, Junior was about 18. Toehead was about 15 at the time. And uh, they said bodyguards. And uh, allegedly, Jack kind of laughed and says, well, I've already got a bodyguard. He's right over there. And uh, Junior st- stood there with Jack. His toehead went over. I guess the bodyguard thought he was going to get a handshake. And instead, he got Toehead's foot up to the side of the head. And uh, so they nicknamed him toe head or toe to the head rather than toe head for the color of the hair but a lot of people confuse that
0: i tried to figure that out and could not i thought it was like his his head looked like a toe or something (laughs) i couldn't understand that's incredible so did the uh, bodyguard beat him down or what happened pardon did the bodyguard beat him down when he kicked him beside the head
2: oh no he was pretty much out of it (laughs) wow and uh So Toehead, or uh, Jack hired him, uh, you know, basically to pick up money from different places that he had income coming in and uh, so on. Uh, As they became a little more trusted, well, Toehead was there to uh, uh, kind of watch after the 45 club, uh, even though he was young. Uh, You know, he was tall uh, about six, three went around 200 pounds. Uh, all the ladies I've talked to said, you know, that, uh, when you saw towhead drive down the street in the Cadillac, he was so well-dressed. He was so handsome. It was just like seeing Elvis drive down. Hmm. So he had quite of a reputation with the ladies and most of them say that he was, uh, polite, very courteous. So on. And, uh, at the same time, they would tell you, he could be very deadly. You know, it just depended on you and which side of him you you were on. Mm-hmm. He wanted to be known as the Al Capone of the South. Al Capone. And uh, when Jack and Louise got divorced in 1957, uh, Toehead saw that as an opportunity to kind of move in to the state line. And uh, he started romancing Uh, Louise, even though she was something like 17 years older than him. And uh, a lot of things that people don't know is that Jack and Louise continued to operate the shamrock just like they always had, even though they were divorced. And Jack lived in the back of the restaurant in a small room. And uh, of course, in the divorce, he kept the state line properties uh, while Louise took their home in Corinth and, uh, but towhead I think saw the uh, state line as just a gold mine and started thinking about how that they could, uh, he could take control of it. And that's when he started romancing, uh, Louise. She fell in love with him being a younger man, so on and so forth. And then one night, uh, you know, Louise called Jack over to her room, uh, he comes over. Now, the story is that uh, officially that Jack wanted to make love to her. She resisted. Uh, he started to beat her. And so she got a gun and shot him. Well, the other story, and this is told by people who were there, uh, is that uh, Towhead was in the room when Jack got there. And there was an argument louise kept a lot of family there at the motel uh, often in rooms two and three and they had adjoining doors bobby anderson uh the half nephew was staying in room number two and he heard an argument going on he goes in to see what it's all about and try to get them to be a little more peaceful to each other and Louise pushed him back into room number two, yelling at him that no 14 year old is going to tell her what to do and uh, locks the door. Shortly after that, shots are fired. Uh, five shots in total. Three of them hit, to- or, uh, hit uh, Jack. He wanders out of the room and he was headed back either to his car parked between the uh, uh, motel and the restaurant or his room over there in the restaurant but he didn't make it to either one. He collapsed. And, of course, uh, James Dickey, who was the sheriff of McNary County at the time, was the one who, who investigated the death of Jack Hathcock. Uh, of course, it was kind of a one-sided investigation, in my opinion. Uh, you never heard anything in his reports about... Uh, either Towhead or Bobby Anderson, the nephew, uh, but the newspapers had Bobby's name listed in it as being there uh, as a 14 year old boy. Uh, so after that, Jack and Louis, or I mean, uh, Towhead and uh, Louise become an item. Uh, even their family, the Hathcock family, thinks that they may have been married, although. No one has been able to find a actual marriage license. The FBI files uh, sh- sh refer to him as a common-law uh, mm. husband, uh, wife-type situation. And I do have uh, copies of her last driver's license and uh, last Social Security card showing her name is Louise White. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so... Uh, FBI reports also indicate that they thought towhead would uh, kill her at some point, And then he'd take over the uh, state line. Only hmm. thing is Jack had not paid income taxes for several years. And the uh, uh, IRS had a lien on the property and uh, Louise couldn't pay it off. And, Allegedly, she kept large sums of money there at the uh, uh, Shamrock. Buford knew about it. He would question waitresses and such there in the uh, restaurant about, do you know where the money might be? And, of course, none of them did, and they wouldn't tell him if they didn't know. Uh, I talked to Louise's niece that was also there, uh, and she would say, well, I knew of three places that uh, he kept it. Or she kept it, and one was in this little closet there in the office in a hidden panel.
0: Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. I I accidentally did that. Go ahead. So,
2: a panel. Uh, they kept it what, in a hidden panel, panel. in the office, uh, one in that little uh, kitchenette area. And then she said, if uh, they got too much cash, they would uh, put it in a, a metal container wrap it in aluminum foil and bury it in the horse pasture and she said there Tied may here. have been others Tied i don't know were the three places i knew of so maybe well, it's still out there mike <laughs>
0: well i've got a metal detector try next time during the winter we need to go down there when the grass well, is- there's
2: more to this story all right so when when buford shoots and kills louise uh according to the family he ransacked the place but didn't find the money hmm Um, that money was the motive for him to kill her, they believe. And then towhead who is serving a prison term for three state moonshine operation that he had been convicted of gets out of prison to attend her funeral, a rarity that they would let him out to attend a funeral unless he was a spouse. So the family is surprised when he shows up for the funeral. And, uh, you know, he, he was at a service for her the uh, night before. Uh, that was when they first saw him. They said uh, later that night he was at the plantation club and he was seen breaking cold cream jars in the bathtub or shower area and uh, getting all the cash out of them, so on and so forth, because she allegedly kept all of her uh, money in uh, cold cream jars that she would stick in the uh, these hiding places and that the next day Bill McPeters who uh, was the funeral director uh, had towhead riding the family car and he was said to be passing out large sums of money for different uh, people to hold for him until he got out of prison so Wow, if uh what the family tells me is true, uh, you know Louise was uh, just a opportunity when she was killed for him to get out and collect the money uh, since he wasn't going to be able to get it get the uh, state line properties since it was under uh, IRS control and there you have another. Mystery in this whole story.
0: Wow. Wow. <laughs> That's a fascinating story. And uh, another 45 minutes has gone by like almost instantly. When, and- was,
2: the, when was the shamrock torn down, Mike? Uh, it actually was torn down along about ni- 1990, somewhere in through there. Uh, it had gone through several hands. W.O. Hathcock and Howard Bunch uh, purchased it. After uh, Louise was killed, pers- purchased it from the IRS, uh, they held it for just a short time, and then they sold it, and it went through different transactions along the way, and uh, you know eventually became in uh, disrepair. Yeah. And the uh, restaurant actually went up in a uh, grease fire. Mm. It was still mm-hmm. operating, and it went up in a grease fire, so... They just went in and dozed the place.
1: Yeah. I did find a mattress out there, Mike. There was you a mattress watched- out there. Oh. <laughs> so I was like, whoa, maybe this was her bed. <laughs>
2: <laughs> maybe somebody's still staying here. <laughs> <laughs> when I was there, I, I picked up a brick from the shamrock to use as a paperweight. So. Yeah. Yeah. That's- there was, there's yeah. still
1: some bricks out there. I saw, I actually, I found the side of the uh, restaurant, uh, the foundation, yep. And you can see where it, the bricks line all the way down in a row where the wall was.
2: Yeah, you know, they had a little club type room back in the back. But, you know, the odd part was uh, how the, the movie showed all the uh, gambling that went on at the plantation club. Uh, there wasn't a back room over there. It was all either bar or dance floor or living quarters for the Hathcocks, you know, because they knew if uh, you didn't stay there, somebody would burn your place down hmm okay so uh, uh the movie just misrepresented so much yeah, yeah. the entire story
0: it sounds yeah. sounds familiar mm-hmm. well mike thank you so much my friend we uh time is up part two was bit fascinating part one was fascinating trey tell them how to find the website in his book
1: all right guys so once again on um on amazon go to buford pusser the other story And you can order Mike's books there. Mike, do you autograph copies? Is there any way? I do. Uh,
2: Here's the book. It's uh, eight and a half by 11. I did it in uh, that size so that uh, documents and photographs would be easily seen. Uh, So I'll go over one
0: today.
1: Yeah, get it autographed, Billy. And also the Facebook page, Mike, is the same thing. Buford Pusser, the other story. The other story. Right there. It's so a story on, that
2: nobody else tells.
1: Mm-hmm. Go follow him on Facebook right now, guys. I'm telling you, it's fascinating. The stuff that you'll see you, he, he shares a lot of photos, documents and stories, just like we talked about today.
0: Fascinating. Thank you so much, Mike. We really appreciate you friend. And right. uh, we will have you on again at some point. We got so much more to talk about.
2: Oh, so, yes, we do. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so you guys just got a little bit of a taste. We're going to, uh, uh, Say adios, everybody stand by. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm working on it. So Trey, fascinating stuff, man.
1: Yep. Fascinating. That's very cool. I thought you would enjoy this, uh, hearing those stories and just kind of, you know, through through a lot of research and documentation. And you know, just like me and you know, these people back then didn't think of three morons, me and you and Mike, that we're going to research out, use the internet for our advantage, go find documentations, you know, so stuff that is talked about and done back then, we can like look at things today and like, you know what, that just don't add up because of this paper.
0: Plus, when you're on the internet, people watch you and go, oh, I know this piece of that story. So Mike has been able to gather all the pieces and he's basically a, a depository for the pieces of the Beaufort puzzle story and that's that's how you get to the bottom of it that's why the Tennessee Bureau of Investigation reached out to Mike because yeah. he's done his homework mike is as elvis would say taking care of business that's right and he is not wishing cotton was a monkey that is a fact <laughs>